love to talk. So they made a podcast. And that's why we're here. To listen in. And what's it called? It's called Banter Buddies. Welcome to episode 13 of Banter Buddies. We are back in the house with you for another wonderful, exceptional episode of our podcast. Appreciate you tuning in, listening to us, talk to each other on the line today. As always, it's Brian. Hello, Brian. What's up, Neil? How are you doing? So, so good. I am uh, excited to record Banter Buddies with you. It's been, uh, it's been a busy week. It's been a good week. We released an album. It's, um, you know, not to jump ahead to new with Koo. Well, we'll get there and we'll dig more into it. But wow, what a week it's been. I just woke up from a nap. So I know that the album is out now. Okay. Because uh, the two boys did their rest time and uh, and their nap. We got them kind of locked in at the same time. And normally it'd be like, okay, go sneak away. You got to grind out on some stuff. You got to go pack some, <laughs> some vinyl. Yeah. But uh, today I took a nap. So I'm feeling refreshed. I'm ready wow, to go. Wow, that's amazing. That's uh, we're into the nap. Uh, yeah, you have some free time to get some uh, to get some snoozing in. That's wonderful. We're ready, Neil. We're ready how you doing? Do you feeling good? I'm oh, feeling great. Yeah, just having a good weekend here and uh, relaxing. And um, yeah, I'm excited to be back in the saddle for Banter Buddies. It's been a, uh, it's uh, you know, it's kind of. I like our our schedule of every other week, but it, it, right when it's time to record, it, it makes me just like ready. I'm kind of missing it. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, let's. I'm excited to do this. It has been two weeks. Let's get back in. Let's do it. And yeah, we're uh, we're entering summertime. It's finally very like humid and and hot here in the Twin Cities. So uh, I feel like summer has officially hit i'm not sure when the actual first day of summer is like all you know all over the place but um maybe it technically already is summer i have no idea how all that works but uh feeling good it's summer in our hearts because our (laughs) our winter hearts are thawing so Uh absolutely but uh yeah today on the show we have uh our our question of the week is uh is about collections so brian what do you say we uh jump into the cuckoo voicemail Wait, we're just di- we're diving, we're going. I'm ready. Are you? I, yeah, I I uh, was gonna stall for a while, you know, because I'm always I'm always ready to go. Let's, let's we we'll get too many great go. callers, you know. In. Yeah, we can't stall any longer. Let's go. It's the cuckoo voicemail. That's right. It is the cuckoo voicemail, and uh, it's 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 talking about collections today. What was our um, question again that we collect- gave to people? Yeah, our question was, "What do you collect and why?" So wow, uh, very very specific, straight up. So this could be uh, this could be something from your childhood. I mean, it does say, "What do you collect?" Not "What did you collect?" But I think that's um, you know kind of interesting as well. I guess just for you and me to talk about, um, especially because I'm not sure if you collect anything currently, Brian. I guess I don't really know. I mean, again, well, we were talking a little bit before we uh, turned on the mics, and it's like the the definition of like a collection or just um, you know stuff you have. I guess in a certain vein is is pretty interesting. But um, uh, I guess I'll start. Yeah, what did we say last time? It was like, what's is it? What's the difference between collecting and hoarding something? <laughs> right, right. That's and you that's had the said like, okay, growing up, we could, you know, we didn't have MP3s, we didn't have phones, stuff like that. So it's like we had CDs, we had a lot of CDs, and it's like, did we collect CDs? Yeah, everyone or had was like it a just CD we collection. We had CDs for purpose, like yeah. to listen to. 
Okay, what, what's your definition on collection? What do well, you I'm just saying that, uh, you know, I think we're mostly talking about what we're doing these days. And for me, it's, uh, it's a vintage Disney um, parks shirts, T-shirts, very specific, though. Just the park stuff, okay? Uh, no Toy Story uh, movie tees or anything like that. No, only you are, parks. You are hyper-specific. You probably specifically lean into only Epcot, but you do other <laughs> Exactly, things. yeah. Even within that, there are yeah sub-genres. But uh, that's something I've been doing sort of recently, really, now, just for like the last 18 months-ish, um, collecting uh, collecting these tees. And just, uh, you know, it's, it's really fun. I've always loved uh, merch and... Uh, Especially in like uh, the music world, and uh, you know, going to the band's merch table and all that stuff. So I've always loved shirts and and graphic tees, and you know, I help uh, you know, I make uh, make the designs for a lot of the cool tees you see in the merch store, and um, so I'm a designer a little bit, and I like to I kind of like to think in that way. So it's kind of, and then I obviously just have the nostalgia from uh, from being a kid and going to the parks, and you know, collecting the old shirts from those eras are are really fun. So I feel like kind of hits multiple quadrants right there, and that's why I'm I'm pretty obsessed about it. So that's something I'm heavily into. And what'd you uh, collect growing up? Yeah, growing up, I think it was mostly just like, well, there was a again some common ones, basketball cards. I had a lot of Michael Jordan stuff, mm. um, like in the mid '90s and everything. Um, so lots of Michael Jordan stuff, like Michael Jordan cards and magazines and basketball types of things. But then also like action figures with my brother. Me and my brother had a bunch of Star Wars action figures specifically that we kind of. Uh, collected in that kind of way so i feel like those are the the main ones i think about from my childhood but were those uh, star wars ones just from the they were the reprints from the first three movies or yeah the prequels had come out at that point yeah, it was basically that bridge point. Yeah, so we basically started collecting them when they re-released the original trilogy for its 25th anniversary on VHS, kind of mid-90s. I think it was like 96, 97-ish. And I don't know if they were like truly reprints of the old toys, but they were kind of that same style, that same size, like the little four-inch kind of like Kenner toys. Um, so yeah, but they just I feel like they expanded them. And I do remember like when the episode right before episode one was coming out, they also did all those for, for those and just like trying to find Darth Maul and all this stuff. So but I feel like that's kind of when started slipping away from me and stopped caring about the toys so much. So I don't know. I feel like collections are some things that can kind of ebb and flow. You know, sometimes you're really into it. It probably slipped away because it. of the evil robot's voice. What's uh <laughs> what are what's the Clone Wars like little tiny like skinny head uh robots that go Hey, everyone freeze, and then they right. can actually like you. Everybody, everybody kills them really easily, but everybody's really scared of them at the same time. <laughs> I think they're just like, called battle droids. Yeah, we're in battle droids. Oh gosh, get out! Of here. <laughs> yeah, the battle droids are in there. So yeah, those are some of my childhood things, and then what I collect now. But what about you, Brian? I feel like you don't have like a, a proper collection right now. But again, what if you collected like yard tools or something like that, or like no, those are essential. Supplies. Those are essential goods. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I did, growing up, I did, uh, let's see, we, my parents had like a pull behind pop-up camper and we hit all this, we hit all the national parks and state parks in most of the lower 48. That was our summer thing. We were hopping in peanut butter and jelly sandwiches <laughs> and we would just see everything and I would collect things from their little, like, uh, the national park, like gift shops. I weirdly collected different currencies of money as a kid. I had a lot of collections, I think. Whoa, cool. Like um, coins? Like I, you'd have coins and stuff from around the world? I did never do coins. Um, my father-in-law, Jim, he he like was leg- he legit collects coins. So I asked him about it. When someone's like really into collections, I'm really like intrigued by them. Right. Um, but um, let's see. I did that. 
as a kid, I collected gemstones and I had a gem polisher, but I never actually polished them. So I had a lot of unfinished things. Um, but I think the big collection I had was Star Wars cards in sixth grade, basically. But that was more tied to the group of kids at school. Like, yeah. I think I think a lot of times like collections happen because of who you're around as a kid, like on your block, what's kind of the hot thing, what's the hot toy at the time, what's hot at your school. But Star Wars cards were huge, and then the school did a ban on them because people weren't like <laughs> paying attention, and it got like too intense. So then it went, it went underground. Basically, it went black market into the <laughs> the bathroom during yeah. um, transition time. And I remember I was trading for a Han Solo one time, and a teacher came in and yelled at us, and I didn't get the trade that I'd been focusing on and trying to convince <laughs> this kid forever to do. And so there were like four fifth grade boys. Uh, in the bathroom, like crying because the Han Solo trade didn't go down. You know, <laughs> what? You oh no! Why you ruin? Been building up to this forever, and you ruined it. But I'm I'm really intrigued by people's collections, and I'm very intrigued by what the collecting thing is now for like kids, right. like the second. What's this? Like the you know the first, second, third grade crew, the the fourth, fifth, sixth grade crew, the seven, eight, nine crew. Like, what's the collection thing? Um, we just got an email, Neil, recently. I don't know if you saw that, but um, so, uh, a teacher was asking if, us if we make the little, in Pennsylvania, was asking if we make the little, like, cuckoo kangaroo tops to go in, well, I'm trying to describe it. Like, oh, so on a crock, they have these little, like, characters that go in the holes. Oh, yeah. I know what that's called. It's called a gibbet. A gibbet. That's exactly what it's called. That's what they call it, yeah. This person was saying like gibbets are huge in their school do you make cuckoo kangaroo gibbets they'd be giant we should um apparently um they're trying to hook us up with they know somebody at crocs so let's go i mean we're not post Malone or justin bieber well but we'll get into the croc game but that's cool that at that specific school gibbets are giant they're like, like pin they're like pins for your shoes essentially pins for the, yeah that that you can get wet, right, and stuff like yeah, that, because they're made yeah. out of the croc fluffy material. Totally, yeah. They just like they just like fit right into the little holes. Yeah, totally. So, so yeah, totally. Lots of um, yeah, lots of parallels like Pokemon cards and stuff in that too, right? With the Star Wars cards and the trading, and yeah, you, yeah. Pokemon cards was my Jeff, my brother, two years after me. He, Pokemon cards came in big. Did Scott do Pokemon cards? Yeah, so did I, yeah, him and I kind of collected those together too, you know. Okay. So that was really fun. Um, but yeah, I think that's that's right that the you can get influenced by sort of like your friends, and that's what's fun about it is like, oh yeah, we have a group of you know however many of us we're all into this, and so it's like a fun way to like socialize, I guess, in a way of like having this you know shared love for whatever it is. Yeah, but now but now I collect zero things and <laughs> yeah. um, at all because. Uh, having kids is just like a magnet for junk and crap come to your house but remember when i went to college and i said i got rid of all my possessions and i only had my guitar and i had like a tote <laughs> bin that had my things and that's all i came to like college with and i was like no more things no more items and then you get married and have kids and you get a house and it's like it accumulates it's like neil it's gonna attack me right now i think things are gonna attack me 
the. I uh, want no things. I just want to. I just want no things. I just want yeah. a chair to sit in. That's it. Your your minimalism dreams were shattered with uh, <laughs> with children came into the picture. Yeah. yeah. So collections maybe they scare me a little bit. Because then they have so. collections, right? Like your son will have a collection of like pine cones or. Something oh yeah, like that, right? yeah. Rocks. yeah. That's that's your collection now. Is his collection. Yeah, his collection. Yeah, we do have. All, I do. I'm a, I'm a little obsessed that he's obsessed with lumberjanes. So we we right. do have all the things. But is that a collection? If you're like, it's more about getting. I'm not getting the books to have them. I'm getting them to read. Does that mean collection? I don't think so. But um, it's 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 right on the line. And I feel like it will inspire a collection from him down the line. You know, I feel like he might get into comics and and collecting those. You know, just like generally. So yeah, very yeah, cool. Collect- is collectible because like Kenny collects comics, but he has some that he reads and he has some that he has because they are a certain type and he doesn't. He like looks at them, but they stay in the case and they go on right. the shelf. Wow, that's yes. that's more collectible, right? Yes, totally. Yeah, and how you treat them and stuff like that. Yeah, that's yeah, <laughs> yeah that's the deepest level of collection where you're like preserving the items and they're you know trying to keep them nice and all that stuff rather than just like oh yeah I have all this stuff let's go through it or whatever so so yeah i love collections i love um like you're saying you love that it kind of you're saying uh, you know it, it tells you something about that person they're very into a given thing or whatever and and I, and I think we both like those types of personalities like i think we're both a little more bored by people who like aren't stoked about anything and kind of just you know just going through life without having any passions or stuff like that so you know if you have a collection that shows that like you're a little you're a little nutty about a given thing and that's cool we like that so i like that angle of it and i like the community around some of these things and and for me with the shirts that's been really really cool in the pandemic times too to like have like you know we have a little group chat with like 15 of us in there who only collect disney shirts and stuff and we're from all around the country and and uh, canada and stuff like that and so it, it, it kind of can expand your social circle a little bit because you're in this little group with these other people that you know are crazy about the specific thing so but all that all that stuff is is kind of why we want to hear more about your collections today and just the crazy stuff that people get up to when it's time to collect oh um, no neil i know this this is going to happen i'm going to start collecting something after this episode you're going to be inspired one of these calls is going to inspire you and you're going to be like yes i have to have hubcaps or whatever it is <laughs> <laughs> i got it yeah, yeah. O- only stolen hubcaps that's right all right um, who's up first on the call all right we, have, uh, we got a good friend don kick it off don What's up, Cuckoo Kangaroo? This is Particle Don. Yes, once again, this is Particle Don. I collect those old AOL sampler CDs you'd get in the mail back in the 90s that would try to get you to sign up for AOL. A uh, thousand hours free, all day, all night. Uh, AOL version 8.0. I got version 5.0, 6.0, 7.0, 8.0. Uh, I used to collect those things. I still got my collection of those. Bye. Particle Don Part- in the house. Part- Particle Don, great buy, great buy at the end. Annabelle inspires everyone with uh, her buy. So, wait, so still collecting those things like you, the, those are <laughs> those are treasured memorabilia. I, they had 8.0, Neil? I know. I, I couldn't believe it. But, yeah, I mean, uh, we all, or maybe not everybody, but if, um, yeah, in the 90s, they would just mail you these uh, these CDs. You just get them. It's basically just junk mail. But there was a CD-ROM in there, and, 
Yes, it was from a time where you had to like put in a CD to like get connected to a certain you know service or whatever. So yeah, the early internet days were pretty weird, and uh, you know people of a certain age will remember these uh, <laughs> these little mailers and yeah, all the different versions and all the stuff. And this one was just so out there. And I think it's funny because we talked about like a you know music collection or like a movie collection or whatever. And like this is a very different kind of CD collection right here. AOL free I, sample. I wanna- Talk, we got to talk to Particle Don. So, did it start at 5.0, or is there just an <laughs> AOL CD and then there's an AOL 2.0? Maybe he's still looking for the one through four. You know, we got to help him out. You know, and he's trying to trying to let us know where his gaps are in his collection potentially. Anybody listening, if you're cleaning out your basement <laughs> from under your bed and uh, you haven't done that in uh, 27 years, you know, yeah. maybe you might find a 3.0 for Don. Now you know where to go, not into the trash. That's right. Thanks for kicking us off, Don, with uh, with uh, with one that's pretty out there. I like that one. Um, Can I ask on- a tech question here, Neil? Please, please. Okay, so at that time, so you would have had your desktop. Maybe there were a couple laptops, and they're really thick, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, but you were Ethernet connected to the phone line at that time, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, and then what would the then you put in the CD as like a CD ROM, but what would connect? I think was could, was this CD giving like a portal to open that? Or I what? think so. Yeah, essentially you were installing maybe like an AOL app on your um, computer that would allow you to use that connection, you know, that wired connection in your computer to like actually get out to the web, you know, and go on to like a homepage and go to yahoo.com or aol.com and stuff like. I think it was maybe just like a browser or something like that. Maybe, you know, imagine if you, yeah, it seems crazy now, but maybe your computer like didn't come with a browser app built in, you know, it was just like, oh, you have to install the AOL one. And then, so yeah, essentially that's the right way to think of it as like a portal to the internet. Your computer had the connection already, um, but you needed these CDs to like get you set up with like the nice looking, you know, web stuff (laughs) that we all know and love today. So I think that's what it was. Like in order to connect to the thing, you had to get a different thing to put on your computer because your computer didn't come with it already. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think if you liked it, you could then pay, pay AOL for that continuous connection. But did uh, you have an AOL, uh, email? Yeah. Uh, not an email. No, I think my first email was like a hotmail. So <laughs> no, no email. Have you always yet. been Neely drum or were you like, I think Bubbles so. 2000? No, I was there. I had another one that was like something to do with Vikings or I had like an AOL screen name that had like Vikings, Vi- had like Vikings in the name. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Before I only cared about basketball, I was like, oh, cool. It's a Minnesota sport. I just moved here. Whatever. <laughs> so yeah. Screen names. Maybe that can be a whole other show. Oh too. yeah. Screen oh yeah. Names. We should, we should do, um, <laughs> AOL, a, no, it's AIM. AIM right? Yeah, AIM name, yeah. A, a, AOL Instant Messenger. Oh, what was your, t- we've talked about times. this, because AIM kind of like was our high school experience. That's kind of like if people know the pocket of time, that was our high school experience. Yep. And then it kind of drifted. That's how we connected a little bit with our high school buddies through like the first couple of years of college, college because yeah. Facebook did not come into our school it didn't like you had to get accepted and that didn't happen until and then the there wasn't like messenger so yeah you well you were neely drum seven seven or something like that just straight up neely drum yep yep neely drum yeah i was flex show brian classic yeah. classic yeah. one right there all right, all right i'm, I'm going hard on this but i'm already excited for every here i haven't listened to these i'm excited to hear what everybody has you said there's some wild ones in here so let's some go wild ones and some long ones next caller Hey, Cuckoo Kangaroo. This is Tim calling from Rosemount, Minnesota. 
my collection is not physical, but more experiential. Uh, <laughs> I'm a millennial. What can I say? Uh, my first collection was my business partner and I had a habit when we first started our business. We were very poor and we could only really afford to eat out once a week. And we decided that we wanted to try to hit every single Lian Chin in the state. And I actually made a map of every single mansion restaurant and every time we'd go to one i'd go down to my basement and put a big x through it um that actually was worked pretty well until a couple opened and a couple closed so we ended up scrapping that whole idea and turning it into an app because we we build apps for a living and after i did that i, I showed it to my wife and she's like this is probably the weirdest thing i've ever heard of why would you waste your time doing that um, and at the same time, her and I were trying to visit every brewery in the state. So she said, why don't you make an app that tracks every brewery in the state? And so as we were collecting our visits to breweries, I actually turned that into an app for myself to visit every brewery. So I think collections don't necessarily have to be physical, but I'm more all about collecting memories. <laughs> Hope you guys are doing well. Thanks for your time. Bye. Tim, Neil, you know who that is, don't you? I do not, no. That's Tim Bornholt. Oh, really? Tim, what's up, Tim? He's happy now because he's head of a he's head of a software app development company. You know what I mean? He's just joyous. Yeah, I love that. No, Tim. Uh, he's Tim's a good it. friend. He's helped us with some videos back in the day, and he's a he's a podcast fanatic. So he came, uh, he came on he came on uh, maybe two tours. I think he came on a West Coast tour. Oh yeah, we went to Las Vegas together. I remember that. That was cool. Um, so yeah, Tim, fellow Minnesotan, thanks for calling. Yes, Tim, I, I want to see this. I want to see this map if you have a picture. Yeah, let's go. I want to see the map and uh, Leanne Chin. I think that's. I think it's pretty. I don't know. Maybe it is all over the country. I think it was maybe a little more regional, kind of Midwestern uh, fast food Chinese um, place, right? Um, so it's been a long time since I've had some Leanne Chin. Let me tell you that. Uh, but of course it's delicious and uh, yeah the brewery idea is cool and that's great you can just make an app for these types of things and I also like the idea of expanding the idea of a collection too kind of what we we're talking about earlier just hard to define and yes the experiences um, collecting experiences that sounds great that sounds that sounds like a good life right you're just just rolling around and collecting experiences so I, I like that uh, Tim brought that up collecting them all um, yeah. Tim um Tim is showing a good way to um, how to take your like fun idea and your your hobby of collecting and uh, flip it into a biz, guys. That's what it's talking about here. You know, let's go. That's right. That's right. Paper, Make some money paper on your passions. On to the screen. That's what's up. Yeah. Building yeah. Apps. So. So yeah, I like the yeah collecting. Um, yeah, I kind of think of that too. Like I feel like also like do I collect tattoos on my arm? That's like because when I think about that too, like. Uh, that's kind of how I like to get like souvenirs when I go uh, internationally or just when I travel or whatever, or go on tours. Like, oh yeah, I'm gonna get a I'm gonna get a tattoo to remember this. So I feel like in a way, tattoos can be collections too. The the definition is expanding here, Brian. We're gonna we're gonna have it be so stretched out by the time this thing's collecting done. memories. Anything can be a collection. That's um, my that's my vibe. That's my vibe. Collecting memories. That's collecting what I'm memories. About. There you go. Um, thanks for the call, Tim. Who's up next? Hi, my my name is Jordan, and I collect rocks. I collect them from my height, and I think rocks are cool. Neil, what kind of shirts do you collect? Bye!
and I'm from San Diego. Bye! <laughs> there we go. Jordan, what's up? Wow, epic goodbye. I appreciate the long bye. It's becoming a thing. I like that. Episode 13. It's becoming um, part of our show, which is uh, fantastic. So appreciate it, Jordan. Understanding that that's how you uh, sign off your call right there. So, so, yeah, rocks. There we go. Did you say you collected rocks, Brian, or, did you, or was it like a, like, like a different thing? Like you said you had a polisher and stuff. Was that just straight up rocks? Yeah, I think, yeah, just kind of rocks, and then you can polish them, and it'd be those smooth things. But if Jordan's hiking, like, around San Diego, I'm trying to think of the times we've hiked around San Diego. There's the cliffs. You know, kind of, um, are they, yeah, there's kind of the cliffs overlooking the ocean somewhere. There's like, yeah, where they know, have the seals California. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. California has mountains real, like really close by. You know, there's, there's all different kinds of rocks you can collect on your hikes. So, yeah, fantastic. Yeah. And you can collect, uh, probably lots of, uh, seashells as, as well. I feel like, uh, even if you're not like strictly collecting shells, just like around the, around the water, around the beach. The rocks and stuff over there are probably probably pretty different and, you know, affected by the salt and the sand and all that stuff. Um, oh, La Jolla is what I'm thinking of in that area. Um, that's where the kind of uh, they have like the cove and they have like the big seals that lay out over there just north of uh, San Diego. Um, but, yeah, you got to collect rocks. And that's a nice thing about rocks is uh, you don't have to spend any money on that generally. Right. Now, I know you can. You know, they have some spots where they have, you know, gemstones, you know, at, like truck stops and stuff like that or whatever. But, uh, you know, rocks just walk around and grab stuff. That's a uh, it's a pretty low maintenance. You know, that collection can get a little heavy. That's the only problem is, uh, you know, you're going to be. Uh, you're gonna have to lift those up at some point, uh, but other than that, that's a, that's a nice, very accessible collection to go with. So I think Jordan's smart for uh, start with something that's just all over the world. Keep them small rocks, you know, yeah. small rocks, not stones. Is a stone big or a stone little? Oof. I guess a stone can be. That's a unit of measurement over in the UK, you know. So. Yeah, a stone does sound bigger than um, a rock to me, and also when I think of a stone, I think of like a smooth surface. Um, it's probably not right, but that's just in my head. I think of the difference between a rock and a stone is like a rock can be just basically any shape and a stone is very like, like the term skipping stones, you know, I feel like maybe that's where I think of that from, but, uh, that's probably not (laughs) the actual definition. Uh, it's probably two words for essentially the same thing. Um, but yeah, thank you, Jordan, for that call. Let's do another one. Let's do it. Hey guys, it's Ashley from Reno, Nevada. Um, in my collection, I have a lot of uh, easily over 100, probably close to 200 items, um, and it's actually Alice in Wonderland stuff, <laughs> just anything. Um, it all started because when I was a kid, we got the Disney Channel free trial on TV one time, and I saw the animated movie, uh, and it absolutely blew my mind. Loved it. Um, we ended up recording it on VHS. Uh, when we had that free trial, and I watched it a zillion times. When I got older, it moved into, like, reading the books, the original by Lewis Carroll, as well as, like, picture books. I even have a pop-up book. It then evolved to uh, things I could wear, such as jewelry, shirts, shoelaces, Disney trading pins, hats. Um, My friends and family took notice, obviously, um, got me lots of stuffed animals, like toys, things, um, which I all kept in their boxes because I was older and didn't necessarily play with them. 
Um, as an adult, I continue collecting. I've got ornaments, cups, uh, dishes, teapots, uh, coffee mug I use every day, uh, even chopsticks. The best part about it and my collection uh, is that I'm now opening these toys and things that, that I've collected over the years with my two young daughters. And they absolutely love it also. So that's been really the best part is revisiting these things and going back and playing with them with my kids. Um, so that's really, really special to me. Um, love the podcast. Thanks, guys. Alice in Wonderland, a classic right there. And Ashley's a big collector. That's cool. Ashley, Reno, Nevada. We're going to say it every time. Best venue name. What was it? <laughs> Jub Jub's Thirst Parlor, right? Yeah, yeah. That's the one. Uh, legendary. Legendary. Okay, this is the full gamut of collecting, right? It's spanning yeah. from childhood, right. it's going through teen years, now into adulthood, and sharing your collection with your own kids, and they're oh, down with it. And you full like, circle. And she's like allowing her kids to do it. Most of the times it'd be like, don't touch. You know what I mean? It's kind of <laughs> like in Sandlot, like, yes. don't touch your, your stepdad's like Babe Ruth ball. Baby yeah. Ruth. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's uh, that's great, and uh, yeah, that's that sounds uh, that sounds wonderful. I'm sure there's just a ton of Alice in Wonderland stuff out there, and yeah, to be able to to collect it and then uh, yeah, kind of pass it on down or experience it with your kids that sounds that sounds amazing. And, and another thing she brought up here, which is fun about collections, is like um, the gift angle of this. So it's like if people know that you're into a certain thing, it gives them a good opportunity to kind of uh, give you gifts that are within your collection. So you know, sometimes uh, people are you know, hard to shop for, maybe for a gift, but if they're a collector of a certain kind of thing, well, then that makes it a lot easier for the people in your life to, you know, uh, go grab something for you that they, they know you're going to like. Now, the only problem is you might already have that thing since you're <laughs> such a crazy collector for it, but I, I like that as like a gift idea too. That's a cool thing to bring up is if you're a collector, you know, the other people in your life are like, yep, I got, I know what to get them. Yeah, you are actually doing a service by <laughs> having a collection for your families and loved ones. Uh-huh. Um, by doing that, I am one of those people that uh, my family are saying I am a I'm hard to buy for because <laughs> I tell them, "Hey, I don't want any things," and they can't comprehend that. And they said, "Yeah, but like, what can I get you for a gift?" And I say, uh, "You can give me nothing. I'll just see you later." <laughs> and they're like. I can't compute. <laughs> and so then I just say like, okay, can you get me coffee? Okay. Uh, that's good. Yes. But, uh, but you're totally right. It does give a good angle. I mean, so you, as a collector, you are, you're helping people, you know, you're helping yeah. them release their pain of having to think too hard about what to give you as a gift. That's right. But you're making it easy. Going in the second free trial mention. Okay. Disney <laughs> channel free trial. Okay. How many did, my my whole childhood was recording movies on VHS oh, and watching yeah. them. We probably had 75% of the movies we had were recorded off of the TV, and they weren't purchased in the store. Oh, what about yeah. you guys? The, yeah, the game has changed. Everything's streaming. Everything's available now just to you know find it somewhere, even if you maybe pay a dollar or two to rent it or something like that. But you know, before the streaming, before the internet world, that was that was the way to go because a certain thing, a certain movie might only be on like once, you know, and then it's like, all right, we're going to grab it so then we can rewatch it over and over again. 
And um, so, yes, I feel like that was a big thing all over. Um, and, yeah, we would record movies, too, and record stuff. Yeah, the HBO free trial, the whatever, the the Disney the Disney Channel free, any free trials, like a great, great opportunity to tape it. Um, we never we never watch HBO, Neil. It's like naughty <laughs> words on there. Yeah, yeah. Marine so. would never stand for it. Sure, sure, but um, yes, I love the I love the taping, and uh, that was the way. Just rewatch it that way, and and uh, it's just crazy to think back because now it's just like, what do you want to watch? Well, you can watch anything, you know. It's all it's all right here. So um, yes, everybody. The Disney uh, and Alice in Wonderland is the animated one. You know, the pre was it Johnny Depp that did it? No, he did Willy Wonka, or whatever. But. Um, Maybe he did the Alice in Wonderland too. Yeah, he I think he did the, both. Yeah, he does all the he does any any role he can be Trippy, creepy and trippy. Yeah, but the the animated one is really cool, and um, the Lewis Carroll book is so descriptive. It, I'm trying to figure out what exactly it is about Alice in Wonderland that has just captivated in the same way the Peter Pan book that spawns it like getting remade, so many sequels. It just is it. What is it? What is it about that book? It's that- hard to say. I've never read the original, and I just think it's it obviously started there as just like a classic book. But then, and I, I think it's it started off to just to be incredible, just because of how out there it was, and just how um, you know, sort of psychedelic, and just like it's almost like science fiction in a way. And that and, you know, obviously it's just more like fantasy or whatever. But um, I think that's just what is what stuck. And then I think then you get Disney to get their hands on it. And then once they make that movie and it's big, then it's just it's just over from there, right? It just can you know now there's still like attractions and there's still you know the, the, the certain things like that. You know they were made a long time ago. Like Disney has the ability just to keep those IPs alive and to keep those characters going forward in the parks or through reboots or whatever. So um, I think it's just been yeah, it's just so many generations know about it now that it's just sort of like in the air and just everybody knows who that character is and stuff. So yeah, I think it's a lot of things, but uh, obviously it starts at the genesis. With, with just you know what's considered a very classic book to read, so yeah, I think uh, and it's, they probably assign it in schools and stuff like that too, right? Like any book like that that you know you can read in middle school or something like that is like a literature assignment. That's gonna that's gonna have staying power. So yeah, it's that's iconic. That's, ghost. that's right. It's just a classic. Classic. Ashley, thank you for calling in. Please send us a picture of all your Alice in Wonderland stuff. I would love to see it. Absolutely. All right. Here's the uh, next color. Hi, Brian and Neil. My name is Sarah, and I live in Toledo, Ohio. And while I'm also generally anti-stuff, I don't have a a lot of stuff that I keep around the house, I do collect stuff related to the Pennsylvania Turnpike. Now, let me explain. When I was a little kid, we used to go to Pennsylvania every year for this big music festival. I went every single year from when I was 8 until I was 18, so at least 10 years in a row. And we always took the Pennsylvania Turnpike, and it just became a place that I knew I I was going somewhere fun, and I was going to have a big adventure, and sometimes our car would break down, and that became an adventure, and I just loved every minute of it, all the tunnels, all of the beautiful scenery. So I now have uh, a love for the Pennsylvania Turnpike. So I collect basically anything I can find. I have shirts, I have collector's plates, uh, I have a whole set of drinking glasses that have the Pennsylvania Turnpike map on them, I have teacups, uh, I have a little figurine of a superhero named Turnpike Man, 
that was advertising for the Pennsylvania Turnpike back in like the early 90s. I have a little figurine of him. And I also have a little plush toy that looks like the Pennsylvania Turnpike symbol, and his name is Turnpike Mike. And also turns out one of the service plazas on the Pennsylvania Turnpike has a museum with a whole bunch, like a little mini museum with a whole bunch of Pennsylvania Turnpike memorabilia. And I finally got to stop there a few years ago and had the absolute time of my life. There was another girl who saw me and saw like the stars in my eyes the whole time I was there, took pictures of me in front of it. I'll have to send it to you guys. Anyway, uh, I also wanted to say uh, I love hearing about you guys' travels and about your favorite venues. I also love traveling. Mr. Smalls, I know you mentioned that venue. Also in Pennsylvania, one of my absolute favorite venues. And I also sleep in my car when I travel. You guys have mentioned sleeping out of your car. So I have a question for you. What is the weirdest place that you've ever had to sleep out of your car before? Thank you so much, guys. I'm loving the podcast. Bye. Sarah, awesome call right there. Listen, a little bit on the long end, but uh, lots of uh, there was really no way to make it shorter. It's just chock full of awesome information and then uh, kept me listening the whole time i can't wait to check out turnpike man i'm ready i'm ready (laughs) turnpike man i want to back up because i have a lot of things to talk about here but i want to start let's start with just the question let's knock that out of the way and then let's move back into it um what is what is it what is the weirdest place we've had to sleep out in our car yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think of like any of them. I'm trying to think uh, what they were. I mean, it was mostly truck stops or like Walmart parking lot or, um, yeah, those uh, those are pretty common places as far as people sleeping in their cars go, right? Like just well, basically we joked a lot about a, stopping at Denny's because we knew yeah, that the Wi-Fi would reach into the always from the store. If you could park close enough, you could always get on. We always talked about DenNet. You know, you could get on the DenNet because it was always kind of an open server. So you could uh-huh. kind of you know do a little bit of work while you were sleeping, but um, maybe I don't know Denny's. Yeah, I guess it? I guess that has to be the one. There's probably there's probably a better one. We just can't really remember it, but um, thankfully those days are behind us. <laughs> ones where you know, ones where you just know nobody's gonna tap on the window. That's just all. Right. Like, just don't. Does somebody sleep in? If you see somebody sleeping in your car or whatever, just like just stay away. Let them go. They're just trying to get a, a couple Z's. You know, let them go. Totally, so. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, sleeping in the car. That's it's interesting though that uh, when she travels, she's uh, sleeping in the car. Be safe out there, okay? <laughs> Careful. Um, yeah, be safe. Yes, be safe. The, the Turnpike, another super original. Nobody else, uh, obviously, called in here, but I hardly doubt there's, there's many people. Just period that collect <laughs> Pennsylvania Turnpike stuff. Yeah, um, we've talked about this before. I love. We love driving on the Turnpike. Anytime that we know that we have to go, you know, we're going. Ohio, maybe we're going up to, you know, we're going to New York, we're going somewhere like that, we're going more west coast, and we get to take the turnpike even for a little bit. It's gorgeous. It is beautiful. Yeah, it's a nice drive. It's, uh, yeah, basically just the whole state of Pennsylvania, west to east, east to west. Um, uh, just Google it. It's, uh, it's a toll highway operated by the Pennsylvania Turnpike Commission. It runs 360 miles across the state. 
So, yep, it's uh, it, and then it turns in if you go if you're going west, it turns into the Ohio Turnpike, right? When you cross the cross the highway there. So, yes, up in the northeast of our of the USA, there's these roads called turnpikes and they're just basically mean they're highways that you have to pay to roll on and they have different kinds of like uh, like truck stops on them, basically where you don't when you exit, you go into this truck stop and there's like a whole travel plaza and some, maybe almost like a food court in there and everything. But if you want to truly exit and go into a different city then you have to get off the, the turnpike and you have to like pay to get back on so that's kind of the difference between like a turnpike and like a normal highway for our uh, non uh, maybe our, our international listeners or if you don't if you've never seen a turnpike before i feel like they're only in the northeast right there's not one in like california or something like that it's just in this kind of small region of the country well, yeah, they have different versions of them all over the place. Yeah, but the, yeah. The Pennsylvania one just is the lush green. Like, I just don't think people know how gorgeous Pennsylvania is, you know? So yeah. especially, like, spanning in the, the middle. Yeah, it's it's a really wide turnpike, and they don't mess with you, right? They're not, like, it's either you get on or you get off. And when you get off, you can pay. But they don't mess with you throughout, right? You don't have to stop your car after every, like, 30 miles and, like, pay or pull over and pay somebody another, like, 10 sense or something like that you know what i mean it's like it's set up to be like once you get on you drive and so that's why sarah can have these like great experiences going all the way through you know and especially like she's from toledo didn't we play that uh that place in toledo we played that club that uh p lander z yellow had like drawn on the did a big mural on it was that toledo oh yeah that was toledo it was like a little yeah it was just like a little kind of like a little bar space they had yeah they had that toilet <laughs> yeah I'm not sure what it was called wait um, what do you mean that the toilet wasn't the bathroom like on the stage you had to kind of like walk up through our set uh, maybe I'm thinking of a different thing I think they had a toilet that was like a mouth they had a urinal that was like a mouth oh I okay yes from, yep, from that, that was place. that place in Toledo yeah. um yes I <laughs> yeah Toledo Ohio um, we've played a lot of places in, in Ohio right so you know it's a great state and there's a lot of really cool clubs there so. Yeah, yeah. So we, um, yeah, we enjoy we enjoy Ohio, and uh, the place was called the Ottawa Tavern. I just looked it up. Ottawa oh yeah, 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 Tavern is the name of that. Yeah, spot, yeah. So. Peelander Yellow did a huge one. Like we were watching it, or I was just like looking at it, admiring it. Like the whole thing was like this, this took Yellow a long time to draw. We played there so. in 2018. Yeah. Um, okay, dude. Have we talked about Mr. Smalls on the pod at all? Is that why she brought it up or no? Uh, yeah, I think Maybe. you shouted it out another time. There's another caller from Pittsburgh, and you shouted it out. So, yeah, Mr. Small's good place. It's like an old church turned into a venue, so that's yeah, cool. Yeah, we, we opened up for the Bats a couple times there, the Aquabats, but we yeah. haven't gotten to play the Fun House, which is the small, like, 200-cap room up top. Oh. Um, it just has never been available whenever we've been booking through. And we've, I've always wanted to kind of play that little tiny. It's got, like, a, I think from pictures, I believe it has, like, a red velvet, like, curtain that goes in front. I think that's okay, just kind of nice. a cool little feature like to that. have in a rock club that yeah. is kind of, you know. Classy. It's fun. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, shout out to the Pennsylvania Turnpike and the Weirdo Collection uh, that Sarah has. But Turnpike Man sounds amazing. And uh, this, it's just a weird thing to be able to collect from, right? It's oh. a highway. It's a highway. How can you collect stuff from it? But she's found a way. Neil, that's the thing. I've been, and we, for some reason, like collectible plates has come up in conversation in the, with <laughs> different people over the past like couple weeks. <laughs> Do like it's such a weird thing, and then to display them basically. I think because uh-huh. like a China uh, set. <laughs> um, 
my brother-in-law Andy's like house in you know they have the built-in like you uh-huh. know the shelf. the shelf that goes around the whole room basically in the dining room and it was basically built for people to like sh- show off their collectible plates right yeah yeah <laughs> but it made me think do we need to get cuckoo kangaroo collectible plates yeah i think uh you know there's definitely the answer's always yes <laughs> yeah the answer is always yes we have to find a way to make it work and uh you know if we could just make a few of them i think we could sell them you know i don't know that we have uh you know we should make 200 but uh we can maybe make 25 and maybe they'll be sold so yeah much like uh the lunchbox idea that we recently posed to a facebook live we were on you know we got to do plates too let's go okay i'm gonna put it on the list all right and then we'll go uh We'll go to the next caller. Thanks for calling in. Thanks for calling in, Sarah. This was fun. Hey, Banter Buddies. This is George from San Diego calling with my kids, Hannah and Jordan. One thing I collect are basketball shoes. It was something kind of being a kid in the 80s and 90s that, you know, maybe you couldn't play like your favorite player, but you can, you know, try to save up and get their shoes and get a little closer to the game, you know, feel like, feel like you're, you're, you're your favorite player. Um, Neil, I, I noticed you wore your Jordan 11s on your most recent theme park trip. Uh, how did those hold up? And for both of the guys, I was wondering, uh, what's your favorite theme park shoe? What would you wear all day? Or, you know, what's your favorite tour shoe? Something that's comfy that you would bring, you know, to all the cities. And also, uh, some of the gold shoes that you guys, what's the process for you guys to do that? Do you guys spray paint them, or do you have a favorite shoe that you make gold? Uh, Just curious. Thanks, guys. Bye. George. George. Oh wow. wow! Neil, was that still going? That that uh, that never ended. I think he's still doing it right now. He left this Wait, message. Oh, that was a uh, buy! Oh my gosh, that kept going. I like sat with. I was like, George, that we're ready to roll into the next clip. Wow! No way, George. Uh, George did the longest buy in the history of Banter Buddies. Good luck beating that one, you guys. Feel free to try. George, George, man, a lot of San Diego callers. Man, we, I like maybe it. It's, maybe it's paying off playing that little room in the House of Blues so many times. Yeah, you know? the Parish Room. Is that what it's called? Yeah, I the think it's called the, par- the Parish Room. The spot, the spot, downtown San Diego. Okay, Neil, you kick it off. This is uh, this one. This one screams Neil here. We're going oh basketball shoes. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna kick it off for sure with the kicks. But uh, yeah, George, that was too much. Yeah, that was too I, much. I uh, like Bring I. It back <laughs> Like I said, uh, you know, you know, people can kind of ebb and flow through some collections. And yeah, about five years ago, I got really into sneakers. I still really like sneakers, and I just don't buy them at quite the same clip because I treat them pretty well, and I like keep them nice, and I like clean them and stuff. So I just have so many, and I just, you know, I, I don't need to like buy that many anymore because the old ones I have are still in good condition. So um it's kind of just more like necessity or just more like no i'm good all these still look really great so um i definitely uh love jordans you know love uh love nikes some adidas uh love vans as well and so that's kind of what i collect and i just like having some different winter
to wear um, sort of like sneaker boots or just different stuff to wear um, when the when the weather gets crappy here in in the Twin Cities. So um, that's kind of how I roll with the sneakers. But yeah, I love it. That's that is again, it's the nostalgia. It's you know the especially with the Jordans and some of like the retro shoes. I mean, that's what's kind of big these days, or that's always kind of big. You know, Nike's doing a lot with like new tech and new new styles and stuff, and those are those can be pretty hot. But mostly, what people are going after are some of the older uh, classic styles that are still around today. So that's all nostalgia. It's all thinking back to when you were a kid and how, yeah, you couldn't have those shoes then, but now you can, you know. So um, definitely, yeah, I enjoyed it. I wore the Jordan 11s on the recent theme park trip. And, man, uh, sneakers are just great for theme parks, too, and basketball shoes as well because you're going to be on your feet all day. You're going to be walking 10 miles. So very supportive. Uh, you know, shoot, basketball shoes are usually very supportive and great to stand on all day. So that's generally what I rock. Um, but, yeah, are Brian. Jordan's what, the same. Are they the same style as the – is the Air Force One? Is that a shoe? That's Air, yeah. Air Force One a, is a that's, that's just a flat, Nike. Though. Yeah, it's kind of like a flat shoe. You wouldn't play basketball in those. More of like a casual um, shoe. Maybe maybe uh, people played in them. I mean, most Jordans so Jordan uh, you wouldn't wear like, on the you wouldn't wear playing basketball these days anyway. Too, but yeah. So Jordan's not. That's the one in the. That's the one in the documentary where he was like he started with those, but his foot changed and they were flat, and they gave him blisters, but he wore them as like a yeah. throwback, right? Is that yeah, those? totally? Yeah, he went. He went. I forget if it was the anniversary of when he dropped them or whatever, but he wore them in the garden. He wore them in New York at Madison Square Garden um, for some for some milestone or whatever. Yeah, it was in the Last Dance documentary. Um, but yeah, he went back to wearing like the Jordan ones or something like that. But yeah, they were from like 1985 or 1986 or something, and it was like 95. <laughs> so they messed up his feet but he wore them anyway um but yeah i love shoes george loves shoes but uh yeah i mean when you go to a theme park just bring your most supportive kicks you can have and if you can help it you know for me i'm trying to also you know look kind of stylish or do that but really they should be you know even if they're the most boring shoes ever where where your best new balances or <laughs> whatever the dad shoe is or whatever like as long as it's got support you're good to go don't wear your vans don't wear your sandals <laughs> you know stuff like that is no good you got to wear a good sneaker that's uh gonna you're gonna be walking you're gonna be hoofing all day long so you need need some support there um but yeah brian it you, does you got, it does baffle me when we're at a place, a theme park, we're at even a club, even when you're standing to watch a show and somebody's wearing like a CVS $3 flip-flop. And it's just like, do you know <laughs> what flip-flops. the evening was bringing towards you? You know, it's yeah. like, you're going to be standing all day. Totally. Yeah, that is, uh, I don't know what those people are thinking. They're not thinking is, is what Neil, they're doing. You're, you are a very fashionable person. You well, know how you. to wear clothes. You know how mm-hmm. to match clothes. You got it going on. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but that also I, means I have to pack more. You know what I mean? So yeah, usually I bring like three different pairs of shoes. I went around the road for a couple of weeks. That's probably too many. You know, that's not even counting the gold shoes that I wear on stage. So you know, that's the problem. Is like, yeah, I, I like to bring lots of changes of clothing, but bag though, you I always know. have like different outfits, and I'm always like, what's going on in that I Mary Poppins r- bag? Over I there? know it is. It's my Mary Poppins bag indeed. But then Brian just rocks one pair, and he's just traveling nice and light in his little duffel bag, and no big deal. So. You know, there's definitely uh, there's definitely uh, you know something to be said for just uh, just going light with it. Um, but Brian, why don't you tell uh, why don't you tell George about our, our spray paint job and and sort of uh, the gold shoes and and sort of uh, how that's evolved <laughs> over our 13 years of existence. Yeah, so we've done um, for some reason we liked high top. I don't even know really why we did high tops, but just we looks had better. them at our our first show and we kept doing it. We spray paint them with metallic gold spray paint. 
and we just kept going high tops. We wore the first ones like for like five years until they had holes in the bottom. And then we started kind of doing like, okay, we're going to do once a year because we're starting to play like 200 shows a year or something like that or even more. But we would just spray paint them and we'd bring like a bunch of cans on the road. And uh, like every other night after the show, um, we would just, I'd go out to the, you know, garbage bin and or whatever i'd find like a big cardboard box and i'd spray paint our shoes hat and fanny pack i didn't have a fanny pack at that time and then uh i'd i'd slide them under our car and just uh always hope that nobody nobody jacked them like at night. <laughs> nobody did how many years neil yeah they had so many opportunities to take those shoes if you want yeah very hyper specific size uh, 14 and size 12 gold high tops but the biggest thing is that you know, they would get like, we're talking so many layers that they would fleck off, fleck, fleck of, flick off, fle- how would you, flake, flakes, oh, duh, yeah, okay, there'd be, they'd flake off these like big pieces of gold paint all over, and Neil recently had enough, he was like, it doesn't look clean, which I agree, and so you have a new system where you got like a spray, what's the new thing we have? Yeah, it's an airbrush gun. So yeah, like airbrushing T-shirts, or really, it's kind of more for like the, um, yeah, kind of like again for the collectible community who does, uh, you know, like miniature figures or like D and D, Dungeons and Dragons, or you know, war reenactment stuff, with little figures and stuff. Like it's it's meant for like precise, uh, uh, you know, paint or whatever. And yeah, they don't look quite as metallic, but yeah, they, they would flake off when you have to redo it all the time. And the other problem was like the paint would be really like goo and kind of sticky and stuff so you couldn't like touch your shoes without having like paint all over your fingers like a lot of times so i decided and like hey when it got too hot at a venue the paint on the <laughs> shoes would heat up and it's like still, i still spray paint my hat like that too yeah. it's like when it gets too like i remember one time we were playing max bar in uh, east lansing, lansing yeah. michigan and it was so warm inside i think <laughs> my hat all the paint started to like drip a little bit like dripping eee. on my face and stuff like yeah. that during yeah. the show <laughs> So yeah, we've kind of evolved the process here, and uh, yeah, when we get back doing shows, we'll need to hit them with a new coat. But yeah, we just go with high top white basketball shoes. You know, usually just uh, whatever you know, whatever's modern. You know, so I think they're called like hyper dunks right now, the ones we have. But they just need to be white because then they could take a paint, uh, coat of paint a little bit better and uh, have lots of support because we're jumping all around or bouncing all over. And uh, uh, yeah, those shoes uh, take a beating, so it's good and to we, have. And uh, we wear them kicks. until there's a hole in the bottom, basically. That's right. That's right. But um, that's but, yeah. but that's because they don't all those gold ones that are out. Everybody like sends us all. Everybody, all our friends send us a picture of gold shoes. Um, every time a new thing comes out, and it's like, guys, we have giant feet. You guys, this yeah. is made for a six-year-old. So totally, we want them, but they just don't make size fourteen. So yeah, someday, someday. Hey Neil, That's you know those? You were talking about how cool you are with shoes. Um, <laughs> you know those New Balance shoes that are now a big meme about like a yeah, dad the ultimate goes dad and, like, shoe. sheds his skin or whatever. Yes, right? yes. So yeah, in. Um, in college, I think in high school, I thought they looked cool, and I I had a pair for myself, you know, when I was like 18, and I was like, yes. these are the most comfortable things ever, mm-hmm. and then um, and then that that meme started to come around. So I think I bought like three pairs because they were so comfortable. But I'm the guy who buys the same. I've bought the same black New Balance shoe 
for like seven years in a row, basically, because you just know what you like, you know? Yeah, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Uh, thanks for the call, George. Onward. Hey, guys. This is Michelle again from Illinois. Last time I called you guys, it was from my kindergarten classroom with my kindergartners. I do not have them with me today, but I have to thank you so much for playing us on your podcast because they lost their little minds. They couldn't believe that Neil and Brian had actually talked about them. So thanks for doing that. So collections. I actually collect three different things. First off, I spend all of my money on concert tickets. So since I was a kid, I've been collecting concert tickets, and I have them up on my wall or in a book, and I always make sure I save them after a show. Second thing I collect is, of course, in sync memorabilia. I've been collecting that since way back in the day, in 97, and I still have a lot of my original stuff, and I know recently they've come out with some newer stuff, and they've re-released some merchandise that's exclusive, and I bought that, and actually one of my kindergartners as a gift brought me a JC bobblehead that's 20 years old that she told me his grandma had found on eBay for me. So I thought that was really cute. And, of course, I already had it, but I didn't want to break his little heart, so I didn't tell him that. And then last, I collect pins. I have a cork board that's hanging up in my room, and it has all of my pins on it. And more specifically, I go to all the different hard rock cafes when I go to other countries or states, and I collect the traditional hard rock cafe pins. And the one I have from the furthest away place is Tokyo. So those are all the things that I collect. Thanks, guys. Bye, bye, bye. Oh, the signature sign-off from Michelle. Oh, bye, bye, bye. <laughs> okay. Classic. The, uh, the instinct thing that I think that I would want, um, I don't know if it was a McDonald's thing and they were a part of it, but you know that little, uh, there's like a little music player and you could put in one song, like, clip? They're oh, called, yeah. Like, song- what it was like called? a little digit. It was like a little early digital player. It was like a little. Yeah. It was called like a song clip, or it was called like a. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I it was those. called clips, and of course, probably had a Z, so it was amazing. Yeah, got to. In the name, had to. I think Natalie, my sister Natalie, had one, but she was younger, so it had Aaron Carter and Eighteens. She didn't have the InSync one, but I've seen the InSync one around. I see it. People play it on the like. What's the Justin? What's the Justin Timberlake day? They say in sync day. Is it? Yeah, it's May. going to be May. May. Uh, oh yeah, May April. 1. April into May. Yeah, it's going to yeah. be May. Yeah. So yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I love I love the in sync stuff. Michelle's called before and talked about like you know following in sync around or whatever. <laughs> like you know, I forget what that one was. What was that? What was that one? Like, have you ever followed a band or <laughs> forget? No, no, she, it was celebrity encounter and she. Oh yeah, and yeah, yeah. She and her friend. Um, they went to Nike Town uh, or whatever. Yeah, they they uh, they were early adopters of in sync and the Backstreet Boys, and they're like that's friends right. with them now. They've seen them at their Walk of Fames and stuff like that. That was a great that's call. Right. Yeah, but I remember the bobblehead. I had one of them too. I think I had, I forget which one I had. I had one of the bobbleheads. You could like get them at like Best Buy. There was also like Barbie dolls of the NSYNC character, NSYNC characters, NSYNC Michelle, uh, your kindergarten is going to listen to this podcast and know that yeah. they doubled up on the JC, you know? Oh, yeah. I'm, obviously, the one that uh, you got from uh, your student is way more valuable, though. Sentimentally I mean, what a great gift, though. Think about that. We're talking about like you, hey, you like this thing a lot and, and, even your kindergartners' families know about it, which makes right. it like, hey, like this, I'm gonna find this bobblehead for you that's off of eBay. Like, Amazing. what a great, what a great way to show someone that you love them. Like, I'm gonna hunt <laughs> this down. Like, even if you had yeah. it, like that's just like, 
what a big what a big sign of like gratitude you know otherwise like i mean i bet chocolate and starbucks cards are great for a teacher but what if you just got that like hey i hunted this thing for you so cool and yeah uh, michelle brings up uh collecting concert tickets and i feel like that's a pretty common common thing as well right like just uh you know you get the stub you know probably you know these days more of uh you know you're scanning the app on you're scanning the qr code or whatever on your phone but you know the you know physical tickets and having the stub and having the memory yeah you put them in a little book or you know you just collect them all up and it's fun to go back through those i definitely have a folder of those downstairs my basement somewhere from all my you know shows i went to in high school do you really you kept them? oh yeah yeah i have i have a lot of them so i think it's a pretty common thing because they're so small right you can just it's either good for like a scrapbook or just to like yeah pin up on a thing or whatever like she was talking about pins so i think that's a pretty common one and i think that's a really fun one too because it's like we're talking about before it's like you are it is a physical thing but really it's a it's a it's more of a collecting memories type of type of thing because it's more of like oh yeah i remember remember this show and remember the good times or whatever so um, i think it's common uh, to collect but i think it isn't common to actually like keep up with it sure and to keep and to hang them up that takes tenacity like I I had some of them, but I remember like seeing my like, oh, I went and saw Death Cab for Cutie on the Transatlanticism tour. Am I going to keep this? Well, I didn't keep all of them because I didn't uh-huh. like keep up with it. So well, I start like, now. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the same reason I never used like a school planner is like I'd forget for like a whole like week and a half. And I was like, oh, mess that up. Throw it in the recycling, you know? Yeah. So yeah. it takes gumption. I think, I think um, to collect, you also have to... You have to have that piece to keep up with it, right? It takes right. a lot to keep it going, right? We Dedication. Could be like, this was longevity. a cool phase, but if you want to keep it rolling, you know? Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, thank you, Cynthia, or excuse me, thank you to Michelle for calling in. Cynthia is our uh, final caller of this uh, episode of Banter Buddies. So let's Thanks, Michelle. Bye-bye. Thanks, Michelle. Bye-bye. Hey there, Neil and Brian. This is Cynthia from Portland, Oregon. Our family has a collection of smushed pennies. We get smushed pennies wherever we go whenever we travel. The fun thing about the collection is that it helps us branch out and go places we wouldn't normally go. We look at the penny collector website when we're planning a trip, and then we find places that have the pennies. Then we visit them. If we don't know where we want to go, maybe when we want to take a day trip, we'll just look on the website and pick a place nearby. So it's made it so that we go to... Places we would never think to go. Um, So if we want to go to the beach, we'll pick a place with a penny we've never gone to and check out that beach. Or we go to museums that we would have never even noticed. So some examples are like we went to an ostrich farm in California and we visited a bed and breakfast that had bathrooms where guys can pee into a waterfall. And now um, we go on Mother's Day to a truck stop nearby um, where there's a penny machine and that's our new mother's day tradition and um, we also visit beautiful places like the national cathedral in washington dc or the point defiance zoo in washington Um, so it really makes us um, step out of comfort zone which is awesome added bonus it only cost 51 cents it rocks bye All right, Cynthia right there. Smushed pennies, Brian. Cynthia with a short buy. Didn't want to compete with the long George, you know, going yeah. for a different. You can say, I think you can. people can start flipping the buy on its head. You know, how are you going to. How you, right. How are you going to say bye? You know. Yeah, like Michelle had the had the bye bye bye. You know, like the in sync thing. So yeah, I like variations on the bye. Um, bye bye 
But yeah, you were you were saying you didn't you collected other currencies, but not coins. This is kind of like collecting coins, but with a sort of travel or you know sort of tourism uh, you know bend here to it. Okay, this is wonderful. I've always wanted to. This is going to make me dive into seeing Smush Pennies more. For yes. some weird reason, this was like on my parents like. I don't mean to like shame them all the time, but they were like, we can't, no, we're not doing that. And now I look back and it's like, we yeah. had some things that cost all this money, but like, like Cynthia says, this is only 51 cents. Maybe they just knew like they knew, they knew their highly uh, addictive personality kids. And they were like, it's going to get out of hand. <laughs> they needed to talk <laughs> right, to Cynthia, how to wrangle it, you know, how to wrangle it. That's right. You got to be careful. You don't go overboard. But yeah, this is a fun one. You see that you see the the coin machines, uh, all sorts of places. This is a big thing in, in uh, Disney parks for sure. You know, each of the different lands will have their own, or even just like straight up attraction. Certain attractions will have their own like coin machine or penny machine or whatever to to do that. So um, yeah, you definitely see these all over. So this is a fun one. The fun one, easy one, uh, lightweight. You know, doesn't take up a lot of space. If you have uh, yeah, if you have kids or whatever, you can easily give one to like multiple of them and stuff. So I like this one. And it's also like, yeah, you have that little memory, that little tiny souvenir of the time you went to Niagara Falls or whatever. So uh, I dig I dig it. It seems uh seems very reasonable to collect these. I want to go to this ostrich farm in California. We, we gotta, gotta go. We gotta figure out when we're out there next time, Neil. We gotta go. That's I I like ostriches. I think they're hilarious. They're very ridiculous looking, right? With their big eyes and I don't know. They're uh, so fast they can outrun cheetahs. Can I tell you something that maybe sheesh. might want to make you not go to this farm, Neil? Uh oh, uh oh. Are they mean? What's what? What's, well, what, what's no, the deal? they're not. They're not mean, but they're very strong. So uh, Gus got this book from the library recently about um, the most dangerous animals on the planet, and basically it was Ooh. like these twelve animals, and it was like a little paragraph like pitching why. They're the most dangerous animals. So there's like little tiny crabs that can like do hammer smashes on like other like crab shells. You know, <laughs> there's like venomous snakes. There's pythons. There's like this shrew that eats like an incredible amount of food each day. But an <laughs> ostrich was in there on the most dangerous animals on the planet. It took me off guard for a moment. So, wow. but it's on there because of its um, its legs are so strong because it can outrun like a cheetah if it gets chased. It can like kick a lion in the head or something like that. It can just kill a lion, you know. So it's it's because of its strength, it's up there for the most dangerous animal. So we can go look, but uh, you know, in that Swiss Family Robinson movie, when uh, Franz or whatever the kid is um, riding an ostrich in the races <laughs> on the beach, yes. that was a that was a that was a test. That was a feat. That, uh, that ostrich could have taken him down. Yeah, ostriches are, are impressive and they're enormous. So we gotta go check that out and then start collecting ostrich stuff. I think that's, I think that's, that's how that's it's gonna only, be. Yeah. I can't. I want to see the Cynthia. I'll, come on, I want to see the smush pennies. Let's go. It's gonna be great. Yeah, let's get let's get some photos going. I guess we should have asked for photos as well. But uh, yeah, if you send us pictures, we can retweet them and stuff. Um, but yeah, appreciate the call there. And also, we had a number of other callers who didn't make the cut. We had a lot of calls on this one, Brian. Either our show is getting more popular. Or it was just a you know a very uh, you know a, a very uh, open topic that lots of people accessible topic that lots of people could chime in for. But we want to say thank you to Travis 
Evelyn and Audrey, uh, Gerard, Eric, and uh, Kristen and Annabelle for uh, calling in as well. Sorry you didn't make it on the air, but hey, listen, some of you have already been on, and uh, we had to make room for some other folks. We appreciate everybody calling. And again, if you've uh, been on before, if it doesn't exempt you from uh, future shows, and let's get some more kids in here. We had, I think we had a couple. We had uh, one or two on this one, so love having the kids call in. Um, there are yes. some fan favorites in there that didn't make the cut, but that doesn't mean that's it's right. not because we don't love you guys. Come on. We don't need to that's right. heavy-handed on that. Just uh, don't stop calling. I know Travis is going to double down next time. He's going to like send us a novel, so let's go. Come on, Travis. Yeah, so we'll, we'll make sure even if your, show, if your call doesn't make it to shout you out regardless, so we'll say your name or whatever. Uh, oh, but yeah. I do want to say something about Travis, though. Travis from Riverside. Oh, yeah. We were on a, we were on a for uh, – we have our videos up on UNICEF Kid Power, and uh, if you made a sticky icky video, the winner um, got a video chat with us. So we were talking with a teacher um, from Los Angeles. Yeah, Gerard. Gerard he was one of the people that didn't make it. Uh, he called oh, Gerard. in, too. Oh, we're yeah, cutting out Gerard. Collects, and we're talking, he, okay. he so collects Gerard baseball goes cards. Like, I'm a big fan, but not as a big, uh, but I don't have as good of questions as Travis from Riverside. Talking yeah. about it was like so surreal, like talking about the podcast like in a wholly different, totally different way. So. That was uh, that was fun. I was like, uh, Travis, that's our boy. So yeah, shout out um, to Gerard for calling in too. Now, Neil, we didn't even talk about pins. You have so many enamel pins, and I've been yeah. asking you to do like a an Instagram live or something like that with just I you should. solo talking about all your trinkets. Maybe you have one pin talk, one trinket talk. Basically, is it insulting if I call your things trinkets? No, I like trinkets, even like tchotchkes, which, you know, I don't know what the true definition of that is, but I feel like even that's uh, okay. I, I like it. It's cool. I call them that. It's a good catch-all, right? Because they're all different little things, right? That could be Yeah, like I'm not plush. trying to insult them by saying they're demeaning. Yeah. I'm just saying it's how you lump, because you have stuffed things, you have little tiny things, you have Bobbleheads, like, uh, yeah, yeah. P- Funko Pops, little uh, collectibles. Yeah, collectibles is probably the best way, but that's even more broad, but... Yeah, that's all fine to say. But, yeah, I got lots of different things. So, yeah, check us out on Instagram at Cuckoo Kangaroo. And uh, maybe someday we'll uh, go deeper into some of my little collections that I have. Um, all right. Um, before Next episode, we... Neil. What, uh, yeah. we, got a, we got a fun little uh, art project question here. Uh-huh. We got a new one here for you. And uh, n- uh, for the next episode, uh, we want to talk about sandwiches, specifically uh, sandwiches uh, that uh, you are going to invent. So the question is, if you invented a new sandwich, what would it be called and what would be on it? Okay, so you have to think of, this is kind of like the pizza question we asked before, um, but this one's a sandwich, and we want you to um, come up with a name as well. Okay, you got to brand it. Okay, a couple of people did that with the pizza, and we really like that part is when they named it. So uh, make sure you get the ingredients, and then, um, you know, let us know what it would be called. That's very important to have a good name. No, you know, no sandwich can be complete without, a, without a, a, you know, an accompanying name to go with it's, it. it. A great name is important for a great sandwich and sandwiches people are just so hyper specific about what they want you know even down to like the way it gets cut so if you um if you're someone that has those specific things in mind like we want to hear about them so we love all the idiosyncrasies about sandwiches and food that's right. So please call us 612-424-0036 is the telephone number. If you call that number, you'll be directed to our voicemail and uh, you'll just leave a voicemail. Tell us, uh, answer that question. And uh, maybe you can be on the next episode of Banter Buddies. Anybody can call. 
give us a ring. We'd love to hear from you. All right, Brian, time to recommend some things. Onward to recommendations. All right, why don't you go first, Brian? I'd love to Wait, hear. Uh... You go first. All right. Okay. Well, what about you though? I feel like uh, but, I feel but like Neil. What about you? But Brian, I feel like if um, not to give away mine, but if we're doing this alphabetically, I feel like you should go first. I feel like no matter what Damn. you have, you can go first. So, so what's yours? Okay, I'm um, I'm recommending a Minnesota thing. Okay, Ooh. it's a Minnesota. Um, it's a butcher shop. But it's a vegan plant-based butcher shop shop called the Herbivorous. Herb right. Herbivorous Butcher. Herbivorous. Herbivorous Butcher. Okay. Because this weekend they opened up a brand new chicken shop. Okay. It's called Herbie's um Herbie's Butcher's Fried Chicken. So it's plant-based Ooh. chicken um made to taste uh, you know, it's all vegan everything. Um it just opened up. I can't wait to try it, but I do like going to the Herbie Butcher Shop. Um, in Minneapolis because they have this one they make so you can get we like to get their queso it's made out of like coconut milk you know if you're lactose free or just want to try some stuff uh, the queso is really great sometimes when um, I'm going to Christmas with the with the family they like to do steak and crab legs and I pick up a steak to bring there and to throw on the grill um, to hang with them but uh, they opened up the new chicken shop and it's uh, it's it's going well this weekend to the fact that they had to close down early a little bit because uh, they wow. didn't expect the lines, things like that. It's uh, it's going well. But here's why I'm um, recommending them, okay? So I'm recommending them because of their mission statement, okay? Is that cool? Can I can I recommend like a mission statement, Neil? Does that make That's, sense? Yeah, I, well, I want to know every every uh, part of why you, why you like the spot, you know? Well, I like first of all, I like the little sandwich they make. They make this like uh, Thanksgiving like leftovers thing that has cranberry mm. sauce and stuffing and stuff like that. I'm just I'm a I'm a sucker Yum. for cranberry sauce. I love, I love that. it. Yeah. It tastes great. It's a hot sandwich. Okay, but their their mission statement, their mission has always been to try to save the world by bridging the gap for omnivores that haven't quite made the full jump to veganism yet by making vegan meats and cheeses. I'm reading this off their website that are even better than what they're used to. And um, they're trying to accomplish that. So the fried chicken spot is just trying to make fried chicken that won't leave anybody questioning plant-based lifestyle without sacrificing the foods they love. So I like that because um, it's it's tough to like make change on things when people say you got to like ditch everything, you know. And when somebody's like, you need to just get rid of meat completely, or you need to be vegan and do that, it's like, nah, just like you don't have to be vegan to go to this spot. Like, just go test it out and try it out and let it be like a smattering and try a little bit of everything that's just what they're they're saying try a little sprinkle and i don't know that's what i dig that's what i dig about does that make sense am i getting my point across neil clearly yeah you're saying it's like a transition sort of helper or it's like dipping your toe in the water and it's trying to help you ease your way into uh this different lifestyle or it doesn't even have to be a big lifestyle change just gonna be like every now and then i'm gonna eat vegan or whatever right so i I think that's nice that they're trying and obviously you know everyone's trying to raise the game as far as um you know uh you know uh, you know plant-based um you know meat products or other sorts of um you know non-meat fake meat or whatever you want to call it um alternative meat i'm not sure what the right term is but that stuff just getting better and better by the year and so i feel like places like this um are kind of helping push that along because if the small mom and pop or one one-off places have better tasting stuff than the big companies like beyond and and uh and uh, all these other ones they got to raise their game otherwise people are going to go other other places so um you know i think it's good 
good to sort of like, yeah, be, be forward thinking with this and trying to really make this stuff indistinguishable from the, from the real meat, you know? And, yeah. And so more people And even that, that, they're way. just like, they're not, they're opening their doors to everybody. It's like, you can eat meat. That's fine. Just come try this chicken and switch it up. You know what I mean? Just take a little yeah. meat out of your, out of your daily habit every once in a while. You don't have to make some huge switch because usually that never like works and people aren't down with that. You know, everything's like yeah. baby steps. So I just like, I saw that mission statement. They posted it. Um, on their new chicken shop, um, Instagram, and uh, I don't know, it stuck with me. I liked it. I dug it. So um, it. the Herbivorous Butcher, their uh, their new fried chicken spot, and Neil this weekend, um, their ribbon cu- cutting ceremony was uh, WNBA champion and Lynx coach Rebecca oh, yeah. Brunson. Oh, no, it's yeah. Brunson. I always Brunson. say it wrong. It's Brunson. Yeah, that's great. And, and Rebecca has the waffle shop, right? That's right. I believe it's called Sweet Truvi or Sweet Truvi. That she makes a uh, Liège-style Belgian waffles. It's a well- waffle truck, and so yes, that um, that's just another uh, another two wonderful uh, you know <laughs> another two wonderful uh, places on the long list of uh, great uh, food here we have in the Twin Cities. And uh, well, Brian, that's uh, if you don't have anything else, that's a great transition into my recommendation. Oh, what's is, yours? Uh, is uh, the WNBA in general, everybody. Listen, uh, uh, the WNBA is here. The summer is kicking off, and uh, I want to encourage everybody to uh, try out the WNBA. Check out women's basketball, women's sports, you guys. They're out there, too. They're they're playing, and uh, they're uh, they're just as good, right? Uh, you just got to get used to watching something a little bit different. So um, I've been covering the Lynx, the Minnesota Lynx here in the Twin Cities uh, for the last four years, uh, doing uh, podcasting and writing game recaps. And I'm a big basketball nut in general, as you know. So uh, listen, when the when the NBA season's over, it's nice because the WNBA season is just getting started. So I want to recommend that people uh, give a, give a try to the WNBA. It's their 25th season, so kind of a big year for them. Um, uh, so you can do that, and I think it's a good year too because it's an Olympic year, or we're crossing our fingers. We haven't <laughs> officially got the okay. The Olympics are going to be happening in Tokyo in about six weeks this summer. Um, but if it does happen, uh, the the uh, USA women's team will be going for like their six or seven straight gold medal, um, and they're just fantastic. So I think it's a good way to kind of you know everyone gets into the Olympics for those two weeks or whatever, and then they kind of drop out. But the nice thing about uh, the basketball is that you know those women will then go on to continue their season so there'll be a one month break in the middle of the summer for the olympic break but then you'll be able to follow these women on their on their pro teams um, back in the states so um, there's there's 12 teams so it's a really small league so it's kind of um, you know it's not too daunting to get into and there's just a whole bunch of great players right now the game is at a, a, at a very high level uh, the best player uh, in the world is Brianna Stewart she plays for the Seattle Storm they won the championship last year so that's a good team to follow they're a one Wonderful story, and you know the the Sonics, the NBA team left their market uh, in Seattle, but the Storm are hanging tough, and they're they're amazing. And then uh, the other um, be, be, one of the other best teams this year will be the Las Vegas Aces, which are really fun. Um, they have uh, last year's uh, uh, actually she yeah she was the MVP last year, Asia Wilson. So yeah, if you want to watch two of the best players, check out uh, Las Vegas or Seattle, and then of course the Minnesota Lynx. They're always in the, the mix. Lynx. No they're team the has won more championships in their franchise history than the Minnesota Lynx. Um, they have uh, the winningest coach, I believe, in WNBA history in uh, Cheryl Reeve. And uh, they're really fun to watch. And, you know, so we have all these great players. Um, the league is just stacked. It's the best 144 players in the world. 
And uh, but beyond that, beyond the court, they're just doing amazing things um, to raise awareness for some great issues, some activism, uh, some human rights stuff, uh, all women's, uh, uh, you know, sort of causes and things like that. So they're amazing because what they do on the basketball court, but they're even more amazing because they take that next step and really use their platforms to kind of try to make the world a better place, make it a more equitable place. Um, you know, for, for gay people, for women, for all uh, sort of marginalized groups, the WNBA is, is here for you and is a beacon uh, for them. So I love that they do that, too. And it just makes it, you know, more fun to watch when you kind of know what they're, these people are about and, and stuff like that. So and I love the WNBA. the games are so fun. The games are so family friendly. And there's yes. so many families there. Neil, you've turned me on to the WNBA and uh, my family is a big fan and uh, we love it. We can't wait till we can get back and go to a Lynx game. So it's gonna be yeah. Great. So if you have a WNBA in uh, city near you, go check them out. If they have fans in the building, otherwise uh, check them out online. And listen, there's a, uh, the league pass. So that's a service you can get, and you can get every single game uh, for the season. WNBA league pass. So these these packages for most sports leagues are pretty expensive. They're usually like two hundred bucks, three hundred bucks. WNBA League Pass for the entire season is sixteen ninety nine. Everybody, so <laughs> it is the best deal in sports in my mind. So if you have any interest in this at all, or you just want to throw the WNBA some money, buy League Pass, and then you know you can get it on your phone, your uh, iPad, or your you know watch on your computer or on your Apple TV or something like that. So very easy to get in and watch them, and uh, I think you'll enjoy the game as well. Check out the WNBA. Check out uh, uh, Herbivore uh, Butcher, Herbivorous Butcher, uh, uh, when you're in uh, the Twin Cities. And uh, yeah, those are our recommendations Herbie's for this Butcher Fried week. Chicken. Yum, yum, yum. Um, all right, time to play a game. I am going to quiz Brian. Neil, we, someday how, how I want to play a Lynx halftime show. That'd be amazing. We got to do it. Put that into the internet. Into it's the been, world. A, been a goal for a long time, so hopefully we can do that. I love I love playing the game. That's my All right, part. you're playing the game. I'm quizzing you, Brian. We're back to this kind of this kind of thing. It's name that tune, and uh, I'm going to play you a quick clip of a song, and uh, you're going to have to guess what it is. You at home can uh, play along too and, and guess as well. Um, I think these are all going to be pretty easy. Is this for you, Cole's Brian. edition? This is uh, some of these are Cole's songs. Yes, they actually are. But most of these are just like songs I think Brian would know. But hopefully a small enough clip that'll. Uh, Make it tough for him. The first, it's going to start easy, and then maybe now get a little I bit harder. Should I wait to let like let people yeah. at home like listen yeah. and yeah. Guess. don't answer okay. right away, just in case someone else wants to guess. But, okay, okay. Uh, here's the first one. Number one. Oh, yeah. All right, someone, someone singing a nice little song. Play it one more time. All right, so that's that's the first one, Brian. Um, folks at home, hopefully you had time to make a guess, or maybe you knew it right away. Brian, was it as easy as I thought? Was this what is this one? Uh, this is uh, this is Coldplay. Coldplay, is- indeed, it's Coldplay. But you, you know the song, right? You know the song. It's on it's on that first album. Yep it's uh, it's the last track on uh, their first album. Uh, Everything's not lost. There Everything's you not go. lost. Is Everything's right? not lost is the song. Yes, off parachutes. Neil, yeah, go. parachutes. Yeah, Neil. Recently, um, you had you had talked. We were talking to a bunch of second graders, and uh, <laughs> they were talking about music that we liked. Yep. They were like, "Oh, Neil likes all these like cool bands, stuff like that." And I was like, <laughs> "And you were like, Brian's a big Coldplay fan. He has forever." And I like kind of like. Uh, I, I didn't. I didn't want to admit it, and I was like, "Oh no, I liked early Coldplay." And I 
and I have to pause and say that, um, um, especially now with the new song out now, I am a Coldplay fan. I always have been. I've been with them every album. I've seen them a couple times live, and um, I don't care if they're not cool. Uh, I'm not cool, and so uh, I like Coldplay. I just but the point that is, is at the time it was cool though. This was like 2004, so this was yeah, right in between like Parachutes and Russia Blood to the Head. So yeah, it is a good clarification, even though you still like them in their modern form. I think they've uh, they've done a good job. So um, that has to be said though that uh, yeah, both I of just us were on to them. To... Rolling Stone put us on to them early when they put out their first album, so that's how we knew about them. Yeah, I just don't. I I sometimes tell people like, oh, don't have guilty pleasures. Just like like stuff. And then and then when it comes around to me, I was like, I was right. being squirmish about telling second graders <laughs> that I like Coldplay. Right. And right, I was right. like, oh no, but not Chainsmokers version. It's like no, no, no. I like Coldplay. I like yeah. Chainsmokers. I like all things. I'm down. So all right, all right, all right. Where That's are we going? Good. You're one for one. We're going to uh, music clip number two. Let's see if you can get this one. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. Let's give it one more time here for the people. Sounds downright Irish or something here, Brian. Uh, folks at home, maybe you know it. Brian, what's uh, what's that tune? Uh, formerly the DC, but uh, this is the Chicks. It's Natalie <laughs> Maines right there, and that's the sisters. Uh, that's the Dixie Chicks. Um, that's right. I'm trying to think of the song, When the Wheels... Go oh, I'm going to be ready to run. Yeah, Ready to Run is the name of the song. It's the first track off their debut oh. album. So, Oh, that's their debut? Is that Fly? Is that one Fly? I'm not sure, actually, if it's their debut album. It's one of their first albums, though. It's one that has just like the colorful like blue like blue cover or whatever so, on the Man, album. Man, I so. love the chicks. The I chicks. love them a lot. Yeah, all a their lot. old songs just say the chicks now, too. So they don't, yeah. <laughs> you yeah, can, you got uh, yeah, we'll change it, it all the way back. Context. I'm down. Yeah. The chicks. Home's their best record. I'll I'll chit chat with people about it all day, but Holmes right. Holmes the best. I love bluegrass. All right, Neil, this is so fun. I love when you put this together. This makes me happy. Okay, cool. Uh, moving on from uh, number two to number three here, and I hope these last two will be a little bit more challenging, Brian. So let's listen to clip number three. Here I am, so all right, one more time. One more time. I don't know, too easy, or or uh, did you have to think about it for a moment? Oh, this is uh, um, <laughs> no, this is BB, this is BB Mac, right? Oh yes, BB Mac with their one smash hit. Um, and uh, and uh, the song's called "Back Here," right? That's right. That's the one. That's okay. a jam and a half right there. Oh, this that's a good that's a good song. I think that's on like uh, now. That's what I call music, like five or something. So yeah, I definitely and this have is that. You- you were asking Cole songs. This is a Cole song. This is the main Cole song from this selection here, Brian. Let me tell you. Although I always sang it wrong, I always said like because I'm, because I'm back in it, baby. And then, then somebody's like, the song's called Back Here, and I'm yeah. like, oh no, oh, no. It means the same thing. It's all oh, good. No. You weren't too far off. Oh, I'm gonna go uh, listen to this song after this. Definitely. All right, finishing off here with something a little more rocking. Let's see if you know this one. Number four. All right, we're Ooh. we're rocking. We got some guitar. We got some drums. One more time. Okay, Ooh. now this saves the is, hardest is, one for last. It could be yeah. a lot of different things. So, <laughs> okay. Any, um, any guesses? 
Okay, here's my first instinct. My first yep. instinct is that this is a newfound glory song. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Ding ding ding. You got it right. But which one? Um, it's not. It's I mean, they all kind of have that my friends over you vibe. Is it on <laughs> Sticks and Stones? It is not. No. I is it on, on the there. one before that? No, it's it's later than that. Yeah. It's like on Catalyst or something like that? Yeah, it's on Catalyst. You got it. Oh, which is, is it Catalyst? Though? It's it's not the song Catalyst. Nope. Uh, this is, Catalyst was the one where they started using synthesizers, right? Uh, um, yeah, there's a little there's a little synth in there. Yeah, our buddy Reggie, Reggie in the full effect. <laughs> we don't actually know him, but you know we, we like we like that. We stuff. can pretend he's our friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fine. Uh, I have no clue of the name. All I I do it does it's distinctly Newfound Glory, but uh, yeah, who is it? What what's the name of the song? So yes, it's the Catalyst. It is uh, it is uh, what I believe is the first single off a of Catalyst. All downhill from here. Oh yes, and it's all oh. downhill from here. Neil, did yep. we go see 2004, folks? Did we go see Newfound Glory and Good Charlotte together? Uh, no, you did. Maybe you went with Matt or something. This is—is uh, is this the one where you snuck down, or would you sneak down for Pop Disaster? And wasn't no. uh, Less Than Jake also on doing that show? Yeah, I snuck. I snuck that that one. I went with Matt. I snuck down. That was uh, Blink Green Day at Target Got Center. It. But yep, then I yep, went. Yep. I, maybe it still wasn't high school. We didn't know each other yet. Yeah, I went and saw Good Charlotte, Newfound Glory, Lesson Jake. I don't know who else is in. Did you? You didn't go to that show? No, no, no. I, no, I didn't. But I like Newfound Glory a lot, and we have we share that because they're an awesome yeah. band. Great energy, great pop punk stuff, classic era. We love Newfound. All right, that does it for name this tune. We're Neil, gonna wrap thanks up for the putting show. that together. You're very welcome. You can quiz me uh, next time, maybe. But we're going to wrap things up. But first, it's new with Koo. All right. It's the, it's the biggest edition of new with Koo ever, Brian. This is monumental. Uh, new with Koo is when we uh, tell you uh, what the latest updates of our band are. And my goodness, Brian, we did it. We released a new album. New album. It's called Slow Clap. Woo! We made it with... Uh producer laser beak yes and uh it was fun it's just fun to try something different and go outside of our comfort zone and it made us really nervous and um happy we did it i think yeah. um i think we made a couple cool things yeah and it's it's pretty wild that it's now out out um into the into the world because we started making this album you know like 15 months ago or something crazy like that and that's definitely the longest time uh, we've ever kind of spent on an album and and uh, held it back like it was done in like August or September um, of last year and, and instead of putting it out you know we would kind of feel like it's a summertime record so we wanted to hold back and, and that gave us the opportunity to really get our ducks in order or ducks in a line whatever it is and uh, you know ducks in a, a row Neil ducks in a row and uh, you know shoot a bunch of music videos and you know do press shots and get just get all the things that go into putting out an album all together and so it's really made the process a lot easier the only hard part was just waiting right we had to sit on all these songs that we really wanted everybody to hear but uh, now is the time you can go find it on all your favorite streaming services and uh, we have uh, vinyl we pressed uh, uh, vinyl records and we have cds uh, so if you want to go that way you can get those at the web store and uh, yeah lots of videos will be coming out soon we've already put out a number of them the backyard swimsuit video being the latest and uh, there'll be more coming from that, and we're excited. We've been starting to practice the songs live. That's right. Cuckoo Kangaroo is practicing songs, folks. That's something uh, we haven't done very often, but <laughs> pra- these new ones are just too good. We have to practice them, Brian. Hold on, Neil. So what you're saying is 
uh, that we should be doing what our teachers have been telling us all along and don't procrastinate and get stuff done in advance and it will make you a better person? Is that what is that what we're saying here? In so many words, yes, that's exactly what we're saying. So, yep, we're practicing them because when we start playing shows again, we want to bust out the new jams. So, please go listen to them so you know all the words and can do all the moves and stuff with us. Um, check out Slow Clap. We're really happy with it, and uh, yeah, go go get it. New music, it's there. Um, all right. right, thanks for thanks for hanging in with us, everybody. Long episode, lots of collectors. We found out about all the amazing collections you folks have, and I got uh, we chatty now. I got chatty. That's how we do it. It's called Banter Buddies for a reason. Next uh, episode, uh, sandwiches. If you invented a new sandwich, uh, what would it be called and what would be on it? Please let us know. 612-424-0036. That's the phone number. Thank you so much to uh, Neil Z for making our theme song. It's lovely. We appreciate him. And uh, our friend Wampa Stampa. He always makes the cool artwork. If you guys uh, follow us on Instagram, you'll see the, the nice custom artwork he makes for every single episode of this program and we appreciate him very much for that he also made uh helped us make some of the videos some of the backgrounds and and stuff for uh you know the the putt putt butt butt dance along video most recently and a whole bunch of other ones so uh we love we love matthew aka wampa and uh, we appreciate him helping us brian it was great to speak to you and uh talk collections and uh, I'm excited to talk sandwiches in a few weeks. So um, we'll, we'll I get love it going. Sandwiches. Yeah, we'll come. We'll we'll, we'll we'll show up hungry to that one, and we'll uh, maybe eat some sandwiches. People like when you eat on a mic. People, of course. People like I mean, that. that's the number one yeah. thing they say is have your mouth full. You know, that's right. Yeah, do that. Um, all right, we'll see everybody next time uh, for another episode of Banter Buddies. Bye, Brian. <laughs>